I don't consider myself a real social person. I've had to give a couple of speeches, mostly to people in my program, but I don't really like it. I know this recording is like going out to dozens or maybe hundreds of people, but I can't really think about that without freezing up. I don't know how I'm going to do the book tour like this, but I need to actually finish the book before I can start selling it. And I know I'm rambling. I'll get to the point. Getting Leonard Snart to do an interview was a big get. Since he was the de facto leader of the group, all of whom so far had, you know, ignored my requests, I was hoping that Captain Cold would break the ice. You know, I heard that just after it came out of my mouth. Um, that was not intentional. Let's move on. It, well, anyway, it didn't. It was another week before I got a yes, and just as he had promised, it was with Leonard Snart's sister, Lisa. She sometimes goes by Golden Glider. From her, I learned that you can't always take what these convicts say at face value. I've got to get better at digging deeper, even with the short time I have. Anyway, here's my conversation with Lisa Snart, a.k.a. Golden Glider. Good morning, Miss Snart. Hi. I'm uh, Lee. So what did he say about me? What? My brother, Leonard, you know, Captain Cold. What did he say? Oh, nothing. Not much. Just that I should talk to you. Typical. Always about him. So, what's your deal? One of his groupies? No, I... Wait, Captain Cold has groupies? Oh, yeah, it's so weird. They call themselves the Coldettes. Write letters and stuff. I don't get it. That's very unusual. Although, a certain type of woman can be attracted to what they consider a powerful man, and it's the old Madad boy, one who's locked out because society can't handle him. Like a bit of a, a rough trade, do you? What? Oh, no. This isn't about me. Uh, I'm here to learn about you. So I asked your brother why he does what he does. And he gave you the whole speech about the deck being stacked. He's trying to rebalance the scales of justice. Sounds like you've heard it a time or two. Yep. Gives that version to all of the new recruits. Seems to work for the most part. But it doesn't seem like you're buying it. Nope. He gets it from Dad, you know, the speechifying. Hmm. Leonard didn't talk much about his father. Now that we agree on. Hmm. Hey, do you ever run a red light? Oh, I mean, sometimes, probably sure. <laughs> no, I mean, like, no one's around. It's way past the yellow, and you just say, screw it, I'm going. Well, maybe. Well, take that feeling and triple it, and you're close to what it feels like to be on a heist. That is what you're going to ask me about, right? Why I do it? Why I seek out a life of crime? I was. So for you, it's it's the thrill, the adrenaline rush. Yeah, it's that. But it's not just that. It's freedom. The idea, the, the idea of the day job, the same dull office, the banter around to the coffee pot, hell no, that was never going to be me. So, what's left? Hooking up with some rich dude? D-arm candy? Pass. 
So you decided to take the easy way out? Easy? Are you kidding? Do you know the amount of time and prep it takes to pull off a quality robbery? Especially one of Leonard's plans. Casing the joint, studying the plans, practicing the timing, plus counting for the scarlet speedster. So that all ends up being your job. Yeah. So like they say, find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I'd be happy to just roll in and see what happens. That's not Leonard's style. When you're a rogue, you follow the captain's orders. How do you like that? You've worked alongside your big brother through most of your career. Yeah, he makes me crazy, but I trust him, you know? He won't screw me over. Can't say the same for a lot of guys, even the ones in our own crew. Hmm. I can see your perspective, but why the costumes and the super weapons? If you were just normal bank robbers, I can't imagine you'd even show up on the Flash's radar. (laughs) But that's all part of the fun. Don't you get it? This is big league ball. You start out a grunt and nobody, you work your way up. Not when I show up. Now, they know my name. They scream it in terror. You know the kind of rush that gives you? It's the Golden Glider, run! Almost better than sex. Almost. That brings up another question. Um, You've dated other rogues. What is it about them that you are attracted to? Yeah, chalk it up to common interest. Come on, that that can't be it. I don't know what to tell you. It's the life. Those of us on the inside know what it's like. Sure, the fans are fun for a short time, but you don't want to, like, plan a future with them, you know? So, Mm -hmm. who's your guy? My guy? Yeah, your dream villain, the brooding master of darkness to get your heart pumping. Oh, no, I, I don't, I don't, I, uh, no, I really haven't given him uh, much thought. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man, we're really out of time? Crap, you got off easy on that one. Uh, yeah, maybe I did. Thanks for the chat, though. It was fun. I don't get to do the girl talk thing much. Hey, have you got someone to be on the cover of your book yet? I'm just saying... Legible Sprawl presents To Prove a Villain, Episode 2, Golden Glider, written by Kyle Olson, performed by Shannon Jelly and Kimberly Butts, produced by Ryan Fitzpatrick and Shannon Jelly. Follow us on Twitter at Legible Scroll. Check out our Facebook page or drop by our website, LegibleScroll.com, where we do cool things and answer the important questions like, what would happen if a struggling psychology major interviewed DC villains? You're welcome. 